It used to be that you would walk into your pharmacy and you would grab some toothpaste and get your medication and leave. But now I think that over the next few years, we're going to see pharmacies change into essentially health hubs, places that you can access healthcare, a place where you actually can sit down with your pharmacist and get an assessment. Now with a more appointment-based system, it's really going to change the way that pharmacies function. Also, the way that the community sees pharmacists and sees their local pharmacy as a place where they can access healthcare. It's no longer just the walk-in clinic or your physician's office. I'm Peter McCulley. Lindsay Dixon, a BC pharmacist who focuses on healthcare education, joins us to talk about the new extended prescribing powers for pharmacists to help with minor ailments and illnesses. We'll discuss what your local pharmacist could help with on this edition of Today in BC. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, Lindsay. Thank you very much, Peter. I'm happy to be here. You're a registered British Columbia pharmacist with over 10 years community pharmacy experience. Yes, I've worked in community pharmacy in British Columbia for over 10 years. Most of that has been in community pharmacy management. I was also an associate for a large chain of drugstores for quite a while. And now I'm in Victoria and I work with an independent group of pharmacies. I work with Heart Pharmacy. And they own six pharmacies in Victoria and the greater Victoria area. So it's been a great experience. I've seen a lot in community pharmacy and it's always changing. And today is no different. We're experiencing a lot of change, but it's good change. And I think it's needed change. It's been quite the journey to see how pharmacy has changed over the last 10 years and to look forward to what has transpired and how we can really help people more in our communities through community pharmacy. As a pharmacist, you must have been quite pleased when you heard the B.C. government was going to grant pharmacists in the province prescribing powers to treat some very specific minor ailments. This is something that British Columbia pharmacists and the B.C. Pharmacy Association have been advocating for at least 20 years. It's nothing new as far as pharmacy practice goes. Even in Alberta, pharmacists have had this prescribing authority since 2007. And so the way this works in Canada is that it's really up to the provincial government. And so it's provincial legislation that determines the scope of practice for pharmacists. That's an interesting conversation because you can have the same education, the same experience. But if you live in a certain province like British Columbia up until just a month ago, you could not practice the way that some other provinces were practicing. And so pharmacists have found that to be quite frustrating because we see the needs of the people in our communities. We are the most accessible healthcare professional. You can just walk in and speak with a pharmacist. And we really do have the skills and the knowledge to help more. And so the fact that the government made this decision and as of June 1st, pharmacists are able to prescribe for minor ailments, I think is just the beginning of the way that the government is really going to start recognizing the ability of pharmacists to help the communities and to make healthcare more accessible for people, which is really what we need. Almost a million people in BC do not have a family doctor. So with that doctor shortage in the province and really right across the country, these new powers help ease the load on the healthcare system provincially, do you think? The government must have made some estimates on how many assessments they feel will be done by pharmacists in, say, the run of a year. On average right now, pharmacies in BC are doing about 1,000 assessments a day, and the goal will be to get that to up to 2,000 a day. Every pharmacy is rolling this out differently, so obviously we have to change our workflow to do this. It depends on how many pharmacies you have. Many stores are short pharmacists, but over 25,000 people have had an assessment from a pharmacist since this began on June 1st. So I absolutely think 
that this is going to help make a difference, especially for people who do not have a family doctor and are often waiting at a walk-in clinic for hours and maybe not even getting in. So I absolutely think that this is going to make healthcare more accessible. And we're already seeing the results from that. I'm assuming that if someone has something they want to talk to their pharmacist about specifically that falls into the realm of these minor ailments, they'll need to contact the pharmacy to make an appointment in advance. There's a couple of different ways that you can do it, and every pharmacy is rolling this out differently, like I said, depending on their workflow and the manpower that they have. There is a government website, so you can go on to IMSBC, and you can actually see what pharmacies are offering appointments for what ailments. And so that's one way that people who are looking for an assessment could possibly find an appointment with a pharmacist. But other pharmacies, such as our group of pharmacies in Victoria, we are also taking phone calls. And it's good to call in advance because we don't always have time to see you immediately. But we can kind of do a quick assessment on the phone and then say, okay, why don't you come in in an hour or I'm going to have time this afternoon and we can sit down and you can have an assessment. It's not just like you can walk in. This is a different form of treatment. We actually have to do a thorough assessment. There's documentation that needs to be done. And if a prescription is provided, which in often cases it is, then we need to process that prescription. So it's a little bit of a different way of thinking about pharmacy, but there are a couple of different ways that you can go about it. So one is that government website for booking an appointment. And then the other one is if you want to call your pharmacy in advance, or you can also walk in and they might see you at that time, or they might just ask you to come back a little bit later. One of the more positive aspects about this for the patient is that pharmacists are usually available over longer hours and have many more locations, usually pretty close by. And this speaks to the accessibility, right? So some pharmacies are open even till midnight. We see in Vancouver, there's some 24 hour pharmacies. So just the ability to walk in there and speak with a healthcare professional, whether it's for a minor ailment or not, that accessibility is there. Whereas when you see with some medical clinics and doctor's clinics, usually by about three or four o'clock, they're not even taking phone calls anymore. In pharmacy, we're used to this. We're used to people just calling in or coming in with the issues that they have, and we can provide them with health care immediately, pretty much. In October of 2022, pharmacies were granted limited prescribing powers for vaccines and renewing some prescriptions. Has the industry been able to gauge how that's gone? I haven't seen any of the data on that. Prior to that, we were able to adapt prescriptions, and this just furthered that and removed some of the restrictions We've definitely seen an uptake from the public as far as vaccinations goes and as far as the ability to adapt prescriptions and even extend the timeline of which a prescription expires. Prescriptions used to expire after a year. Now they expire after two years. And so when a pharmacist is renewing a prescription, they're becoming a prescriber. They are able to extend that prescription that much further if they feel that it's appropriate, if it's for a chronic condition that hasn't changed. There's always these caveats because when the pharmacist is becoming the prescriber, there's a whole other set of responsibility with that. Once the pharmacist does an assessment, then they're able to determine that. And yeah, there has been very good uptake with that as well. Perhaps we could talk about some of the powers that the pharmacists have been specifically told they can help their customers with. I understand the pharmacists will be able to renew prescriptions well into the future now. Yes. As I said, prescriptions used to expire after one year. Now they expire after two years. And pharmacists are able to renew prescriptions for chronic conditions that haven't changed. Pharmacists can make an assessment as to whether that is appropriate. So that's one of the ways in which we're able to help patients. 
often you'll hear from people who say they can't get into their doctor for weeks and their prescription is expiring. It used to be that we could only renew that prescription for about a month. Now we can extend that further. So that's helpful. Another responsibility or, as you say, power that we were given is that we can inject any type of medication. An easy example for that is, say, vitamin B12. It used to be that you would have to pick up vitamin B12 injection at the pharmacy, and then you would have to go to your doctor to have that injected because although we could administer vaccinations, we couldn't administer those kinds of injections, even though it's the same technique and we have the training to do that. In these cases, it makes it a lot easier. So you pick up your prescription and then your pharmacist can actually administer that injection. Other than for allergy serums and Botox, which we're not allowed to inject, there are no limitations anymore on what we're allowed to administer as far as injectables go. And then we get to minor ailments, which is something that I think is just going to really change the whole landscape as far as healthcare accessibility goes. And we can talk a little bit about that, but the ability to prescribe for minor ailments like urinary tract infections, cold sores, heartburn, there's a list of 21 minor ailments that we've been allowed to assess and prescribe for. That's really going to change things for people because these are minor things that don't require lab work. They don't require an extremely thorough assessment from a physician. They can have an assessment from a pharmacist and the pharmacist can make a judgment call as to what is the most appropriate therapy for that situation. And that can just happen at your local pharmacy rather than waiting sometimes for weeks to see a physician. One more question about the prescriptions. You mentioned that they can renew prescriptions well into the future now. Are pharmacists able to alter prescriptions? Yes, pharmacists can alter prescriptions. So sometimes we have a patient who maybe has been put on a certain blood pressure medication. Maybe that's someone new for them and they're having a certain side effect to that medication. Sometimes the pharmacist can make an assessment and we can deem that it's appropriate to change that medication. Maybe it should be a different type of blood pressure medication, maybe within the same class that doesn't have that same side effect profile. This often happens with heartburn medications as well. There's a class of medications called proton pump inhibitors. So sometimes it's just making a change within the same class of medication. So yes, pharmacists have been able to do that, but there's been some limitations on it. We don't have those limitations anymore. After an assessment with a pharmacist, we are able to adapt that. And that really helps patients as well, because again, you're not waiting weeks and weeks to discuss this with your physician. And pharmacists really are the medication experts. So it's of no surprise to us if you come back with a certain side effect or a certain complaint, we can make a judgment call as to whether it would be best for you to either stop the medication or whether it'd be worth trying a medication that is similar, but does not have the same side effect profile. British Columbia became the first province in Canada earlier this year to make prescription birth control free to residents. Will pharmacists be able to prescribe birth control? Yes, absolutely. And we've already seen huge uptake for that. Making that accessible for women has been something that I think has been pivotal for British Columbians. So that's something that pharmacists can absolutely prescribe for. Again, there are certain parameters around this, and it really depends on the pharmacist as to their comfort level. But we've seen a huge uptake for this service. It's just another way that we can serve our communities and, again, make healthcare more accessible. When Today in BC continues, Lindsay Dixon talks about the specific minor illnesses and ailments that a pharmacist will be able to help you with at your community pharmacy. 
Searching for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. I'm Peter McCulley. Today in BC is a Black Press Media podcast. Lindsay, a problem that many of us suffer with this time of year is allergies. So our local pharmacist can help. Yes, we can absolutely help with allergies, otherwise known as allergic rhinitis, something that people suffer from quite a bit. And pharmacists are able to assess and prescribe for allergies. And so there's different things that you can do for allergies, and some of them involve medications. And there's other tips that we can give you for what we call non-drug measures. So ways to help prevent allergy symptoms and also manage allergy symptoms better. So pharmacists can absolutely do an assessment for that. Sometimes there is a prescription involved and then we are required to follow up with you and see how that's going as well. So when that happens, we can speak with you and ask you whether this has been effective or whether maybe it's time to look at a different type of treatment. Allergies are just one of the things that we can assess and prescribe for. Some of the most common ones, the ones that have been most popular to date are, like I said, cold sores, urinary tract infections, skin rashes, otherwise known as dermatitis, heartburn, acne, even toenail fungus, which isn't an attractive thing to say, but a lot of people do suffer with this. These are some of the things that pharmacists are now able to see patients for. I recently went down to my local pharmacy and had a shot for shingles. So it makes sense to me that the pharmacist should be able to help me with the treatment of shingles as well. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things about shingles is that if you can treat it early, you can really prevent it from becoming more severe. And we know that with shingles, even people who are vaccinated, there is always a small chance that you could still have an outbreak of shingles. If we can treat you early, it helps to prevent any long-term complications like nerve damage, which we know can happen with shingles. Before this, it's been very hard to see people who are in the midst of an outbreak of shingles and you just tell them you need to see a doctor immediately. And at this point, they're not feeling very well, but sending them to a walk-in clinic or a physician was the only option. Now that's different. Now we can actually prescribe and get the treatment to the patient in a timely manner. So that's a huge game changer for patients and for us as well to be able to help people in that way. It sounds like pharmacies are going to become more of a mini healthcare center in our neighborhoods. Yeah, I think that's where this is going. I think that with the aging population that we have and with the need for healthcare professionals, I think that it's essential. I think the government is recognizing that we really do need all players practicing to their full scope. And so it's going to change, I think, the way that we see pharmacies in the future. It used to be that you would walk into your pharmacy and you would grab some toothpaste and get your medication and leave. But now I think that over the next few years, we're going to see pharmacies change into essentially health hubs, places that you can access healthcare, a place where you actually can sit down with your pharmacist and get an assessment. Pharmacists have been able to do medication reviews for many years, and not a lot of people know that. People don't really see their pharmacy as a health hub, but I think that this is changing. And now with a more appointment-based system for these assessments and possibly the ability to maybe order lab work and do more assessments for even chronic disease in the future, it's really going to change the way that pharmacies function, but I think also the way that the community sees pharmacists and sees 
their local pharmacy is a place where they can access health care. It's no longer just the walk-in clinic or your physician's office. You touched on this briefly, but Pindi Janda, vice president of the BC Pharmacy Association, was on our podcast recently, and she chatted about increased powers for pharmacists and commented how good that is for pharmacists themselves because now they can use more of the knowledge that they were trained for. It's really encouraging for pharmacists because on a day-to-day basis before this happened, pharmacists really felt like we're not using even more than 10 to 15% of the knowledge and the training that we have to help patients. And so it's felt very restrictive when what to do, what the patient needs, but you just weren't able to do it. And then you know that in the province next to you, I'm using Alberta as an example, you could help that patient. So I think that this clinical aspect and just being able to help people more is really why we all became pharmacists, not just to dispense medication. The fact that we as pharmacists can help people in this way gives us a great sense of satisfaction and it helps us to even have more enjoyment in the day-to-day in knowing that we are able to help people. We're not just sending them away and then wondering what's going to happen with this patient. Let's talk about you, Lindsay. During the pandemic, you started an information-based YouTube channel to help folks who are looking for evidence-based health information. Yes, I did. At the beginning of the pandemic, I saw that a lot of people were confused. Some people were quite afraid and a lot of people were going to social media to find out what was happening with the pandemic. I started making just PowerPoint presentations with my voice over top just to explain what is a virus, what do we know so far, what's going on, and to use some of my pharmaceutical knowledge to just explain how a virus is transmitted and that kind of thing. And this has since morphed into an actual YouTube channel called Friendly Pharmacy 5. And I absolutely love helping the public this way. I provide evidence-based informational videos on different health topics. And I also do interview different health experts. And the response has been quite overwhelming. It's not something I ever would have planned to do. But once I saw that it could help people and that people were listening and responding, it's just something that I had to keep doing. It's been a great source of enjoyment. What kind of topics have you focused on? And maybe you could tell us a few of the guests that you've had on. I have had a lot of different guests on. I've had a professor from Harvard. She was on the channel early in 2020. I've had local physicians. I've had local pharmacists. Recently, I had a pharmacist from Toronto who specializes in menopause. We've covered a lot of topics on that channel. So I talk a lot about vitamins because there seems to be a lot of interest in vitamins. I also talk about medications, talk about interactions between medications and vitamins. We've talked about heart health. So we've had a few people who specialize in heart health. There really is no limit to what I will discuss on that channel, as long as it's evidence-based and as long as I think that it can serve the audience. With all this valuable information and guests that you've been having on your YouTube channel, have you had any surprises in what your audience has reacted to? I think that what has surprised me is just the impact that it has had. When I started this channel, I just wanted to help even just one person and seeing that it can help so many people. And I'll give you an example. I interviewed a woman named Carolyn Thomas, who is a heart attack survivor. This was about a year ago, and it wasn't like a high quality production. But Carolyn told her story of how she thought she was having a heart attack and she kept getting turned away at the local hospital and she was told she had heartburn and it got into a conversation about how women's heart attacks, the symptoms for women's heart attacks are not always the same as men's and they can often be dismissed as things like heartburn. 
the production of this interview, actually, it was not really what I wanted. I would rather have had her picture be a little bit more clear. The audio wasn't as good as I would have liked, but I thought, no, it's good information. And if it helps even one person, you know, that it's worth it. So I put it up there a few weeks later, received an email that a woman had listened to that. And after listening to it, she took her dog out for a walk and she started to have some symptoms of breathlessness and chest pain down her left arm. And in the email, she stated, usually as a woman, I would have just dismissed this because I don't have time for this. And this is what women do. They always put other things in front of themselves. But she said, because I saw that video and because I had heard Carolyn's story, I went to Emerge and as it turned out, it was angina and I got treatment immediately and she was referred to a cardiologist. Those kinds of stories have happened more than once. Just the impact of that, it, it makes you feel like you're really doing something that is worthwhile and potentially in this case, even saving someone's life. So that's been very humbling and I didn't really ever anticipate that a YouTube channel providing this kind of information could have that kind of impact. Lindsay Dixon, pharmacist and healthcare educator, has been our guest on this edition of Today in BC. If you have suggestions or comments, send a voice message to podcast at blackpress.ca. You may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find Today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, and Google podcasts. Is it time to upgrade to a vehicle that's right for your needs today? Get all the options you need at todaysdrive.com. Brought to you by Black Press Media. We'll get you into the perfect vehicle without the struggle of hours spent trying to find what's right for you. We're here to help make your search quick and easy, connecting you with a huge inventory of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Powered by Black Press Media. Visit todaysdrive.com.